0: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
3: Well, as we teed up on the back nine for the 2018 NFL season, reality is setting in. Maybe your team is out of the playoffs. Maybe they never even make the playoffs, but that doesn't mean they can't cover a point spread. So maybe you're feeling a little saucy. You want to fire on a parlay or a teaser while you're at it. Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to another edition of Straight Out of Vegas. RJ Bell is out and about. I'm Bernie Fratto, and we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes. Would save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, this is the weekend edition of Straight Out of Vegas. As you know, Straight Out of Vegas airs Monday through Friday right here on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio from 3 to 6 Pacific and 6 to 7 PM Eastern with RJ Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, and Jonas Knox. Each day they take you behind the scenes, they offer up solid commentary. And insights on the world of sports betting, so you can benefit from their years of expertise and knowledge. Now, on our Saturday edition of Straight Out of Vegas, we we look back at the best of, and we take a, another look at some of the most compelling takes and analyses from the previous week, so you can enjoy them again. Here's the best thing about this concept: each of the best of takes, well, they're designed to look ahead to this week's NFL action. During the week, the guys devote five full hours to providing the finest content. And on the weekends, we distill it down to the best hour. And of course, I'll add my own inflection as well, because I live in Las Vegas too, and I've been privy to these gentlemen and their know-how for many years. So join us every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. We want you along for the ride. This is Straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. Now, the show's designed to preview the NFL slate and kickoff for Sunday's games is less than 12 hours away, But as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, let's take a quick look at some current happenings. And In fact, let's take a quick roll call of the current college Final Four. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. They all won. They won by a total, cumulatively, of 106 points. And move along, nothing to see here. But aha, next week it starts to get real. Michigan goes to Ohio State. Frankly, that's a playoff game of sorts. And if you're scoring at home, and I hope you are, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, that's the head coach of Michigan. He's 0-3 against Ohio State. And Urban Meyer is 6-0 against Michigan in the last six years. So why don't I get the feeling that the defensive woes and the offensive problems that Ohio State's had all throughout the year kind of go away next Saturday in Columbus? It kicks off at noon. We'll pick the college thing up next week. Not a lot to talk about yet with this goofy non-playoff system. You heard my rant. Couple of weeks ago. Tonight we also continue our new 10-second feature while you were sleeping with our own sleepy Jay. See, while you're sleeping, the straight out of Vegas staff, well, they're working 24-7 to find ways so you can distress your bookie, or maybe you just want to impress your friends. Also, tonight at the bottom of the hour. Once again, I'll take you inside the fratto House for my weekly commentary. I'll be offering my amateur psychology on the play of the Philadelphia Eagles and why it's so hard to repeat as Super Bowl champions. All right. Let's get it rolling. We kick it off tonight with a Thursday night football recap. Pretty good game Thursday night. You know, Thursday night games in the NFL, they've become a staple. But there's one particular situation in which it imposes a very daunting challenge for certain teams. Remember, there are three Thanksgiving Thursday games this coming week. And the three visiting teams will have to work doubly hard to be ready for these games on a short week. R.J. Bell will tell you why. Let's give it a listen. If a team is
4: playing on Thursday and the week before, they're a favorite. All right? So it's specifically on Thursday and a favorite. They do horribly this week. And the logic makes a ton of sense. And we saw it a little bit with Green Bay. Or check that. We saw it with Minnesota against Buffalo. Remember, Minnesota had that Thursday game coming up against the Rams, and they let the Bills upset them as 17-point dogs. Now, that's an extreme case, but what was our takeaway? Oh, they were favored. They say, we're going to save a little energy for that Thursday game, and they struggle. Well, with Thanksgiving coming up, understand there's three teams favored. I'll let you guys research it. There's three teams favored this week who are actually playing on Thursday And historically, that's only about 40% against the spread this week. That's new.
3: Check it out. By the way, Thanksgiving will be here before you know it. It's obviously Thursday. The Bears, the Redskins, and the Falcons, well, they all fall into this category in 2018. They'll be traveling to play a Thanksgiving game. And by the way, each of them has to travel to a divisional opponent. So it's not going to be easy for any of them. And speaking of not being easy, you always want to get the best of the number. And a lot of times folks like to really bet early before the line moves. Now this week, RJ and Jonas chopped it up a bit about that very ideology. In fact, Jonas points out the fear that creeps into a bettor's mind if they're afraid they might not get the best of the number. But RJ addresses the issue by giving a solution to the very real concern that a lot of betters have as the game gets closer to kickoff. Let's have a listen.
2: RJ, as the voice of the fan, I've got to step in and speak on behalf of the fans because I want to talk about paranoia. You were saying if you like a line early, get to it early because it could change
4: before game time. There's a paranoia. So just to be clear, if you can predict the line move, which is very difficult, then make a personal decision. Otherwise... I think it's hard to predict where the market's going, Jonas. Thus, just bet early. Because more times than not, wherever the market goes, it's going to go in the right direction, meaning towards the team that's a good bet, which means that bet gets worse. Just like Seattle. This line could have went from two and a half to pick them. And you would have thought, oh, Seattle is better at pick them than two and a half. But In the long run, if you're right about your picks, if you're right about your picks, the line's going to go against you as you get closer to
3: game time. All right. So, the moral of the story you always want to get the best of the number. And to do that, you've got to do your research. One of the ways you can do that, well, you're listening straight out of Vegas. In fact, well, that's an order. (laughs) All right. Let's move on. In this next cut, RJ gives a two for one because. He's going to talk about teams uh, that will be involved in the Thanksgiving tradition games this coming Thursday, as well uh, as hosts. One, you know, of course, the Panthers and Lions and Cowboys and Falcons. Now, in the Lions game, RJ points out one team's strength versus another team's weakness. And there's a glaring juxtaposition. He doesn't mince words when he describes a certain... (laughs) Team's defense here that justifies the line and its size and I'm referring to Carolina at, at Detroit and I believe right now Carolina is laying four and a half and regarding the Cowboys and Falcons RJ shows a perfect trend before a major holiday and how it affects one of the teams in this matchup involving the home team here now this is what happens when a team gets out of its normal preparation cycle now pay close attention this is a trend that was broken exclusively by R.J. Bell and the straight out of Vegas team. So pay close attention. Let's give it a listen. With the Lions, it's the run defense.
4: Horrible, horrible run defense for the Lions. Carolina, what do they do well? They run the ball very well. To me, this line Carolina being such a big favorite on the road looks a little high. I think it's right cause of matchups, matchup advantage, Carolina over the Lions. The Falcons, a a three-and-a-half point favorite at home over the Cowboys. And this is a trend that no one else has. We broke this earlier in the week. Before Thanksgiving, it's the perfect trend, and it applies to Atlanta. Here it is. If you have next week a scheduled game on Thursday, next week, and you're favored this week. You are 42% against the spread as a favorite this week. And that's over 200 games. Now, the one exception, we took the Cowboys out of there and the Lions. Why? Because they play on Thursday every year. They're used to it. So this applies to Thanksgiving and also the other Thursdays. But these, this team is so used to it, Detroit and Dallas, historically going 30 years back. They're okay. They're about break even. Every other team favored the week before and then playing the next Thursday, 42% against the spread. What's the logic? You're looking ahead. It's a situation you're not used to. It's a stressful situation playing that next Thursday. And if you're favored, you tend to look ahead. Atlanta, favored here, playing on Thursday, Thanksgiving, disadvantaged foul.
3: All right, let's talk about both games. First, Lions-Panthers. Now, the Lions' run defense ranks 29th in the league, and Carolina runs the ball very well. But there's a bigger reason the Lions are in huge trouble here. The Panthers gave up 52 points last week, and trust me, they're ticked. Plus, there's an impressive stat for you. Carolina, 13-0 straight up, 12-1 against the spread when coming off a double-digit loss and taking on a sub-500 opponent the following week. They're also 8-1 and one against the spread in games after they've given up 40 or more points. Meanwhile, the Lions, well, they've lost three in a row, and they didn't cover in any game. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Detroit. Now, let's go to Cowboys-Falcons. Dallas visits Atlanta. Now, surprisingly, in the Cowboys' defense, They've held opponents under 20 points six times this season. In addition, they're coming off an impressive road win at Philadelphia. Unfortunately, Dallas has followed up every one of their victories this season with a loss. And they've only covered the spread once in those games. Now, I don't think it looks good for Jerry's team this week. Remember, remember that stat I gave a few weeks ago? Teams who upset the Super Bowl champion, which Dallas did last week, they're only 27-54 against the spread the following week. And they're only 4-21 against the spread when that victory was by double digits. If you're a Cowboy fan, oh, snap. Now, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Up next, we're going to talk about Texans Redskins. But first, let's throw it to Sleepy J for another while you were sleeping vignette. He has actually some final thoughts on Lions-Panthers.
5: Well, with Golden Tate traded to Philly and wide receiver Marvin Jones out for Detroit. That really hurts the Lions passing offense. Lions might might lean on that run, Bernie, but the Panthers rush defense ranked ninth. Might be a long day for the Detroit offense with the pass and the run. Lions defense is a mess. I like the
3: Panthers minus four and a half. Sleepy, you have been hot, hot, hot. Last week, you reminded the folks at Green Bay. Miami traveling from 85-degree weather to 25-degree weather and how Green Bay mysteriously moved that game to an even later start time so it would be even colder. Yes, you got the cover. You're 3-0 games so far in our Why You Were Sleeping segment. All right, let's move ahead because Texans and Redskins, RJ and Fezzik had a nice little debate. In this cut, by the way, RJ points out what really makes the Houston Texans tick and the fact that their record might actually be very deceiving. Meanwhile, the Texans' opponent, the Redskins, well, they might also be sporting a record that's very misleading as well. For what it's worth, both teams are six and three, but that might not tell the whole story. RJ and Fezzik really put these teams under a microscope. Let's take a listen. The Houston Texans' their true strength
4: is the most disconnected from their record of any team in the NFL. If you say stack rank the teams by record, best record followed by worse records, then stack rank the teams in your power rankings. I would make the case the Texans, obviously a lot of wins, but not even much of a, yeah, maybe an above average team, but not much more. Agree, disagree. Agree. Six and three team, only my number 13 team in the NFL in rankings. So six and three and barely better than an average NFL team, the Houston Texans. Yes. And the reason for that? They've had four games that could have went either way. We call them coin flip games. The Texans are four and zero in those coin flip games. So remember, Washington is also six and
2: three, and with their decimation on the O line, they are the most overrated team of all these six and three teams.
3: See, I agree with Fezic. Their offensive lines a mass unit. Somehow they got it done last week against Tampa Bay. But keep in mind, Washington is only one and six as a home dog when facing an opponent with a winning record. Again, somehow the Skins got it done last week on the road with three backup offensive linemen. But, here's the big but, they still only manage 286 yards of offense and they face a hot team in the Texans, a team that's riding a six-game winning streak. But really, the Texans aren't dominating anybody. And as they head into the nation's capital as a road favorite, the trends really kind of favor the home team here. Teams going on the road, Laying points after coming off a win of three or less the previous week are only 2-8 and eight against the spread. I think Jay Gruden's bunch might just stop Houston's winning streak. Okay, we've got a lot to get to. Up next, we're going to talk about the Ravens and their quarterback situation, the wonderful Raiders and Chargers, Broncos. I'm Bernie Frato. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight of Vegas. Straight
1: out Vegas! Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Gecko Fox Sports Radio studios, and we move it along, and we head to Baltimore. And earlier this week, Festic and RJ. Well, look, we all know Flacco's hurt. Lamar Jackson's inexperienced. RG3 is, well, we're really not sure what RG3 is these days. Fezzik tries to make some sense of which QB might give the Ravens the best chance to win this Sunday since Flacco is out. By the way, we now know that Lamar Jackson will start tomorrow. But let's take a listen. Okay, Fez, give me
4: the Vegas perspective. Flacco... RG3, Lamar Jackson. How do they rank and what's the point differential? Flacco, clear cut number one.
2: RG3 would be a two and a half point downgrade. Two and a half points. Lamar Jackson, a three and a half point downgrade. So even more of an adjustment than RG3, but looks like Jackson's going
4: to get the start. So we're saying all this clamoring for Lamar Jackson and Vegas considers him to be today, this week, a lesser quarterback than RG three. Is it is it 2013?
3: <laughs> wow. Oh, how soon we forget. RJ three actually last started on New Year's Day 2017 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was actually he was twenty-nine of forty-two for two hundred and thirty-two yards and two touchdowns. And his quarterback that rating was ninety-two point nine. But I digress. Although it wouldn't surprise me if at some point during tomorrow's game, well, RG3 takes a snap or two. Let's let let's uh, stay tuned on that one. All right. The Raiders, the silver and black. Well, you know, there's, there's bad, there's worse, and then unfortunately there are the Raiders. And in this cut, RJ points out that betting on bad teams is not always a bad thing. But there are exceptions, and I think the silver and black, well, they're making history with their ineptitude. Let's have One how of listen. the
4: things we preach all the time is bet the bad teams. There are exceptions. Raiders have lost the last five games by 14-plus points. So five straight by two touchdowns or more. Only the second team this century to do so. In fact, in the last nine quarters, the Raiders have been outscored by 66 points. Points in two games and change. So if you look at the database, one of the things we preach all the time is bet the bad teams. There are exceptions. Raiders have lost the last five games by 14 plus points. So five straight by two touchdowns or more. Only the second team this century to do so. In fact, in the last nine quarters, the Raiders have been outscored by 66 points and two games and change so if you look at the database teams that are this bad I mean this bad oftentimes you should bet against even though with just regular bad teams we tend to bet on them because we think the public overreacts to them being bad but when it comes to these historically bad teams against the spread they're actually losers
3: Now the Raiders are an iconic franchise, but I got to tell you, Al Davis must be spinning in his grave. How's this? I'll I'll lop on some more. The Raiders in 2018, they're allowing more yards per play than any team in the history of the NFL. That would be 6.7 yards per play. Oh, my goodness. What if I told you the Raiders have been outscored by a whopping 92 points in the second halves of games this season? But it even gets worse. I, I heard a rumor this week they tried to trade Otis Trunk again, but then they remembered he's no longer on the team. All right, thanks, folks. I'm here all week. I open up for Shecky Green and the Catskills Tuesday. Before we, I'll tell you what. Before we get to the Chargers Broncos tilt, let's throw it to our man Sleepy J for another "While You Were Sleeping" vignette. When we were in the hallway before the show, he had a strong opinion about this Raiders game. You want to? You're going to want to hear it.
5: Yeah, Bernie, my best bet tomorrow, Arizona Cardinals, minus five and a half. I don't even think I need a handicap for this game. Cardinals will blow out the Raiders tomorrow. I got the Cardinals scoring 40 points in this one.
3: Oh, my goodness. That'd be a good month for Josh Rosen and company. But I'm telling you, Sleepy, you've proven to me over the weeks. You uh, you pick your spots uh, quite well. All right, let's move on uh, in, in what should be, a, well what would have been maybe a good divisional matchup, but... The Broncos visit the Chargers, and the Chargers are laying seven. And in this particular cut, R.J. and Fezzik and Brad Powers, well, they conduct like this little quiz show, and R.J. doubles as a quiz show host. And I'll tell you, Alex Trebek, he's got nothing on you, R.J. Let's have a listen. Denver on the road,
4: 2-12 straight up. Their last 14, 3-11 against the spread. Chargers have not won a division road game in the past three seasons. 2018, zero wins, divisional road. 2017, Fez. How many? Zero. 2016. Denver doesn't win on the road. 2016. (laughs) Zero. Zero. That's it. Three C... (laughs) Brad, let's try this real quick. 2016, how many wins did Denver have on the road? Zero. There we go. Amazing. And here they are. Only a seven-point dog against a Chargers team? I would make the case, and I actually talked to Colin about this today on our segment... If you say Chargers, one through 32 on offense, where do you put them feds? Just gut feeling. Five. Defense, one through thirty-two. Eleven. Eleven. Ooh. I think their defense maybe six, seven. Mm-hmm. I would make the case in the weaker unit. All right, and let's agree Denver uh, Chargers, the defense is the weaker unit. With the weaker unit, I would make the case that that unit is best, the weaker unit, on the Chargers, meaning no other team has their second-best unit better than the Chargers, which maybe is, let's call them 8, 9, 10. Can you think of a team? I cannot, and Bosa may well be coming
2: back. That D will get better.
3: Word has it, Bosa is, Joey Bosa is coming back tomorrow Will play for the Chargers. But here's a data point you might want to hear. The Broncos are 16 and three straight up, and 15 and four against the spread after the bye week when they're coming off a loss, and they really geared up when they face teams north of a 600 winning percent percentage, which the Chargers are. In fact, the Broncos they're eight zero in those spots. Now the Chargers, well, they're now the number five seed if the playoff started today. Isn't that usually when the bolts start to let you down? I kind of like the dog here. All right, we've got a ton more to get to. And you're going to hear in a minute, you're going to hear my monologue, my Inside the Frater House monologue about why it's so hard for Super Bowl teams to repeat. And I'll again practice my amateur psychology on what the heck happened to the Philadelphia Eagles this year and where they might be headed. But first... Let's go to Kevin Figures with the latest.
0: All right, we'll start in college football. Not too much moving and shaking in the top five. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Georgia all winning big. Although Alabama and Clemson did have to shake off slow starts before pulling away in the second half. The biggest upset saw top in the top ten, I should say. It saw Oklahoma State beat number nine, West Virginia, 45 to 41. Six total touchdowns from Cowboy quarterback Taylor Cornelius. Meanwhile, Ohio State, they beat Maryland in overtime, 52 to 51. Central Florida remained unbeaten with the win. Over Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Florida, and Penn State with victories. Texas with a win over Iowa State, 24-10. to In the West Coast, Washington State with a 69-28 to victory over Arizona. Gardner Minshew, 473 yards passing and seven touchdowns for the Cougars. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In college hoops, Villanova lost at home to Furman in overtime. That's the first time since 2013 the Wildcats lost back-to-back games in the NBA Sixers beat the Hornets in overtime despite 60 points from Kimball Walker Mavericks over the Warriors who were without Steph Curry and Draymond Green Orlando blew out the Lakers wins for Toronto Houston and the Utah Jazz back to straight out of Vegas
3: all right thanks Kevin and of course straight out of Vegas is brought to you by Discover Card we'd treat you like you'd treat you by the way Kevin I thought the Eagles could repeat this year because they finished up the job last year with a backup quarterback and with a healthy, motivated Carson Wentz. I thought they'd be right back. Did you think the Eagles could repeat or no?
0: I absolutely thought they could repeat. I'm surprised that they're playing as poorly as they are.
3: And let's go to my man, Vince Close. Yes or no? Did you think the Eagles could repeat?
5: You know, I thought they could get back to the Super Bowl. I wasn't sure that they would win another one.
3: That's a pretty good thoughtful answer. So, Let's talk about this. All right, time to wake the kids, alert the neighbors. Grandpa put on pants. It's time for my weekly commentary. It's only been done by six teams in the NFL history. It hasn't been done in 14 years. I'm talking about repeating in Super Bowl champs. But heading into this season, I actually thought the Philadelphia Eagles could do it. With a hungry Carson Wentz returning, a madcap coach that featured a roster full of free spirits, I really thought the Eagles would possibly join the ranks of the select few, that could repeat as world champions. Now, spoiler alert, I don't think the Eagles are even going to make the playoffs. So what happened? And why is it so hard to repeat in the NFL? Let's start with the fact there are simply things a team can't control. Injuries, the salary cap, holdouts, free agency, continued chemistry, harmony. Plus, if there's one thing I've learned about alpha dogs and alpha dog teams, although they usually react to failure the same way, you know, they get up, fight back, never give up, all that good stuff. But when it comes to responding to success... Every successful player or team almost always responds to success in different ways, which brings me to my theory. Look how the Eagles responded. They wrote books. They partied. They went on the mashed potato circuit. They popped off. They got cocky. Heck, remember when Lane Johnson said, quote, I'd rather win one Super Bowl and have fun than win five and be unhappy. Well, he might get his wish. But if you unpack this further, the teams in NFL history who won back-to-back all featured Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Bart Starr, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, John Elway, and yes, Tom Brady. I'm pretty sure Tom Brady's going to be in the hall. Now, last year, Nick Foles was transcendent. He replaced Carson Wentz. Now Wentz is back, but the Eagles aren't. And the fact that they're eight-point dogs in New Orleans this week is revealing. Now, there are some trends favoring the defending Super Bowl champs. There's a dog coming off a straight-up loss this week, but the last time a Super Bowl champ was under 500 after Week 9, when well, that was six years ago, in the Baltimore Ravens. That team finished Out of the playoffs. Last week's outright loss to Dallas as a seven-point favorite tells you all you need to know about the Eagles. Perhaps Nolan Ryan said it best when he was in his 40s. He said, quote, I still throw the ball just as hard. It just doesn't go as fast. Philly tried last week, and they claim they were focused, but they've clearly lost the guard off their fastball, and I think between now and New Year's Day, there will be opportunities to fade the Eagles. Now, I'm not sure if this week is one of them, However, I want to see how the Eagles banged up secondary affairs against the red-hot Drew Brees. I still think the Eagles have a will to compete. They just don't have the mojo. Keep an eye out for future fate opportunities. We'll keep an eye on it, and you will be the second to know. By the way, before we get to why RJ explains why the huge line on the Eagles versus the Saints makes sense, I want to give huge props to my guys back in L.A. Kevin Figures, Ryan Smith, doing a great job. And huge props to our guy Vince Close, making his straight-out-of-Vegas debut. All right, let's move to the Big Easy. By the way, you might want to know this before we get into this. Philly has not lost by more than a touchdown since October 2016. However, the Saints are 18-4 in the Drew Brees era when they're at home and their team and they have a winning record that season. If that doesn't make your head spin, maybe this will. Now, look, Drew Brees may be 38 years old, but I think he's found the fountain of youth. And in this cut, R.J. wonders how much longer can this stay under the radar. When you consider the matchup Brees faces this week from a defensive perspective, R.J. talks about why this line is justified, but still it doesn't mean he's in a hurry to lay the wood here. Let's have a listen. Drew Brees could be having the greatest season in the history
4: of the NFL. In fact, if you just look at quarterback rating through nine games, the best quarterback rating of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. This is an amazing season. Amazingly, it's not getting enough attention. I think soon enough it will. So if you have a historically good quarterback And he is in his career, but this year, a historically good season for a quarterback. And that's what you got with the Saints. And you've got a good team, but not a great team in the Eagles with a banged-up secondary like you've never seen and an amazing home field for the Saints. Boy, if this line weren't over a touchdown, I'd be making a monster bet on the Saints. A a six-and-a-half, Fez? You making a monster bet on the Saints? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. So, guys, this line might not make sense on first glance, but from a Vegas perspective, it certainly does. The Eagles being over a touchdown underdogs in New
3: Orleans. You hear that? Steve Fezzik, good man. He's only two-time champ the Hilton Super Contest, all the Westgate Contest. So he's going to make a huge bet on the Saints. Now, I'll give you some clues as to why I think that might be a good bet. The Eagles have only scored 25 points in a game once this season. Last year, they did it 12 times. To score, they're going to have to run the ball, and the Saints are terrific against the run. Now it gets worse: the Saints have scored north of 30 points seven times this season, and the Eagles haven't done that even once. It might even be worse. Philly is under 500, and the last Super Bowl champ under 500 in Week Nine. Again, with the Baltimore Ravens in 2013, they didn't make the playoffs. On the other side of the ball, Philly's defense just simply isn't a stout this year. But before you fire on this game, R.J. and Fezzik actually weighed in some more because Fezzik shares with us a statistic about the Philadelphia Eagles that will really have you scratching your head. I think it had R.J. scratching his head as well, but for a different reason. Now, this exchange between RJ and Fezzik is one of the more livelier of the season. Let's have a listen.
2: Philadelphia Eagles last 32 games, RJ, when they're catching seven and a half points. If you gave them seven and a half points to the line, they're 31 and one. This week, they're an eight and a half point underdog against the Saints. This Eagle team does not get blown out.
4: Well, they certainly didn't teach presentation of trends at Northwestern. You couldn't have made that. I bet there's not two people across the country that understood what you said. Let me translate. The Eagles have lost by more than a touchdown how many times? Just one time the last 32 games. So it wasn't them getting seven and a half points. It was they didn't lose by more than a touchdown once in 32 games. Yes. And they're getting more in a touchdown this week. Got an eight and a half, RJ. So the question is, now, hey, it's easy to say, wait a minute, Eagles aren't as good as they've been recently. The Saints are the best team in the NFL. But history says Saints don't lose. Even you know, all teams lose games. The, the, the Eagles tend to keep it close. You can use that trend and benefit from it.
3: All right, my two cents. I still think the Eagles are a proud franchise. And this is really, it's a do-or-die game for them. And they're embarrassed coming off a straight-up loss last week as a seven-point favorite. In the Super Bowl era, defending champs are a sparkling 17-8 and eight against this bread in this scenario. If you like a side here, good luck. Just trust your eyes. That's all I can say. <laughs> Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes... You could save 15% or more on car insurance. Up next, we've got to talk about the Vikings, the Bears, and maybe even a little Andrew Luck. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas.
1: Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Back on straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, and we keep it moving. We head to the Windy City, Chicago, where the Bears, the, <laughs> the NFC North leading Bears, host the Vikings as a short favorite. Now, Mike Zimmer's defense, no, Mike Zimmer's the head coach of the Vikings. You know, I know you already knew that, but just work with me. Mike Zimmer's defense is starting to really blossom in one particular area. And this is a veteran coach. Now, he gets to peddle his wares against the Bears' rookie star head coach Matt Nagy, who's doing a fine job. But R.J. Bell points out that the Minnesota head coach has really amassed some impressive numbers when it comes to being the best friend of the better. In summation, R.J. concludes the Vikings are great value this Sunday as a short dog. Let's have a listen.
4: Minnesota, the defense is improving. Uh, Third down efficiency for their defense, stopping the other team, very good. Let's spend a little bit of time on the Bears side of it. My gut feeling is Nagy, let's give him a ton of credit, coach for the Bears, a ton. He's made Trubisky serviceable. But if you look at it, it feels like it's a lot of scheming. He's out scheming his opponents. I don't think you out-scheme Zimmer. Zimmer could be the second, third best coach in football, I believe. Do you agree with that? I do. And if you look against the spread, since Zimmer became the head coach of the Vikings, he has the best against the spread record of any team, any coach, and it's not even close. Almost 67% against the spread. And even this year...
2: Having somewhat of a down year, the Vikings still have a winning spread record four, three, and two. Yes.
4: Yeah, so this is a very so the coaching edge isn't going to be there so much for Nagy. The Bears, if you look at their strength of schedule, it's been pretty weak generally. And lastly, my last thought on it is they've looked impressive against some bad teams, and getting margin against a bad team is important. But it doesn't mean you can beat a good team. And I think Minnesota is mighty good. I agree with you. Vikings are a mighty
3: good pick. All right. First, speaking of defense, the Bears have a league best plus 13 in the turnover ratio. And how about that, Mitchell Trubisky? His 101.6 QB rating, it's the highest of any Chicago Bears quarterback in history. But they're stepping up in class here against the Zimmer team coming off a bye. And Mike Zimmer is 12-1 versus opponents coming off a double-digit win. And if the season ended today, the Bears would be a three seed and the Vikings would be a six seed. I think the Vikings would like a higher seed. This is a playoff game of sorts. I like the dog here. Now, think about what R.J. Bell said. The Bears have really kind of built their winning record against a fairly weak schedule. So, as our buddy Vince Close put it, are the Bears simply... Bump slayers? In this next cut, what's driving this line and the fact it's so short for the Bears as a home favorite, RJ points out that even though Chicago's record is very good, again, they haven't exactly done it against the NFL's elite. Let's have a listen. To me, with, with the Bears and the
4: Vikings, I think one of the drivers here is how bad the Bears' opponents have been, especially the opponents the Bears have beaten, or beat. We still haven't figured that one out, Brad. Brad's a beaten guy. <laughs> Their opponents that they beat, the Bears, are 18-37 and 37 this season. Straight up. 18-37. and 37, And not a single one of them have a winning record or even a 500 record. Every team the Bears have beat are a losing team. So give the Bears credit, but they don't have even close to a signature win. Only favored by two, two and a half here against a very good Vikings team.
3: By the way, the Bears might have beaten the Lions last week, but before that, they had lost 10 straight NFC North Divisional games. Don't forget that. All right, by the way, and before we get to Andrew Luck here, very quickly, let's throw it to Sleepy J for another Why You Were Sleeping vignette. Sleepy, give us a winner. I know you have a thought on that Texans game.
5: All right, Bernie, one of my favorite angles for that game. Early buy versus the late by. Redskins week four by seven straight games now for the Skins. Texans now coming off a week 10 by and rested. I like the Texans tomorrow, minus
3: the minus three. If you'd followed Sleepy J's picks the last three weeks, you're 3-0. and oh. All right. If you give a quarterback like Andrew Luck time to ply his craft, the sky's the limit. Vince Lombardi once said football's blocking and tackling. The rest is details. Well, huge props to the Colts because they'd be making Vince Lombardi very proud right now. What do I mean? RJ and Fezzik break it down. Let's have a listen.
2: Yeah, so Andrew Luck has not been sacked his last 185 pass plays. What's happening? Well, he got his starting left tackle back, who was out until October 14th. That is really improving the Indy
4: offense. Yeah, so this is a team that obviously the Colts, Andrew Luck, throws the ball like crazy. And now it's been four straight games during that run that Andrew Luck has not been sacked a single time. That's
3: impressive. Good thing for the Colts. Hey, man, Andrew Luck is back, all the way back. Six straight games with three touchdown passes. And don't look now, but the Colts have won all three in a row and they've averaged 36 points per game in those three victories. And what if I told you Andrew Luck is 9-0 straight up, 7-2 and against the spread, lifetime against Tennessee, and he's averaged 28 points per game in those matchups. This is tough duty for the Titans. This is their third game in 13 days, and the Titans are only 2-8 against the spread, against the number, when they're following up on consecutive wins. All right, quick bonus coverage. The Rams, Kansas City. Now, we know in the last week or so, the stadium that was supposed to, the game was supposed to be played in Mexico City. They hosted a concert and a soccer game, and the turf was pretty suspect. So they moved a game in LA. Look, Chiefs are 9-1 straight up, 8-2 against the spread. But remember 2013, Andy Reid started 9-0 and finished 11-5. You got to be careful on the Chiefs. I'm telling you just like Edward G. Robinson in the movie Dublin Demony. That little man's talking to me. And he keeps telling me, Casey's he's going to come back to earth," especially with that defense. Even though their defense is is kind of improving, but look, it's not great. They're allowing 25 points a game and they're ranked 20th. They allow 400 yards a game. Not good. So, just keep an eye on the Chiefs. Don't go crazy. I respect them, I like them, but I'd be very careful. All right, folks. That'll do it for Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto, but don't go anywhere. Up next, this guy is so tough. He went swimming with a Loch Ness monster, and the monster got out of the water. It's my man, Jonas Knox.
0: Right out of Vegas!
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.